Hi, and welcome to my Beautiful Mess podcast. My name is Brandi Palmero. I am a wife, a mom of six kids, teacher, and speaker. This podcast is designed to encourage all women as we share life's messy moments and see that even in the mess, we can find beauty with God. Hi, and thank you for joining me today, friends. I hope everyone is doing well and having a great week. I am trying to get a podcast in every week, and I'm finding that that is a little bit difficult, and a whole week went by last week, and I did not get one done. So I'm going to kind of take that pressure off of myself and tell myself that it's okay if I only get two done a month. Um, At least I'm working on that and trying to get them done. So last week, what I wanted to share, and I'm going to share today, is Ariana's adoption story. Last Monday, it was the day we adopted her, and it's been 11 years. So a lot of you might be wondering, how did it start? And do we always, did we always want to adopt, or what made us make that decision? So I feel like our story is a little bit different in the fact that adoption was not something that was on our radar. I say that meaning that I never really planned that we were going to adopt. I didn't grow up saying, oh, I'm going to adopt kids. I knew people who had adopted because they maybe weren't able to have kids or maybe it was a family type situation, a kinship. And for us, we... After we got married and we waited a couple years, we had three children at the time, and we had pretty much decided that we felt we were done having children. And I remember us kind of talking to each other and saying, okay, if God wants us to have another child, then he's going to have that happen. So apparently that definitely was God's plan because not only did we have one more, we ended up getting three more and we chose to have them. So it's kind of a funny story to look back on. For us, we were at the point in time where Madison was 10, uh, my son Connor was seven, and Brenna was five. And so Brenna was going to be getting ready to start kindergarten soon. And I was not sure what God wanted me to do next. Was it time for me to go back to teaching? Did he still want me to stay home? Did I want to get a part-time job and be home some of the time? So we were praying about that. And that's kind of when we were looking forward to plans of actually maybe having a little more income adding some things into our life that we hadn't been able to do. And I was still involved in MOPS, and that is Mothers of Preschoolers, if you're not sure what that is. And it's a great group, and they meet locally. You can find one that meets near you. And it's a group of moms that get together, and they're experiencing the same things that you're going through. And they share, and they talk, and they have a lesson. Um, It's a great group to get connected with. So we were doing some months in our MOPS group where we were having panels come and speak about things. And this particular month, it happened to be a panel of moms who had adopted in different ways. Some had adopted internationally, some did private adoption, and then there was some who did it through foster care. And that was kind of an area I just really hadn't heard anybody speak about. And it was really unique. Um, Each person shared their story. And as they were sharing the entire time, like I just felt something inside of me, kind of like saying, you should do this. Have you ever thought about adopting? And I was like, wait, is that, am I hearing that? So I actually asked the women that were sitting at my small group table, I said, when they were done speaking, I said, do you guys feel like this is something you're maybe supposed to do? And Quickly, most of them answered with a, nope, I'm not feeling that. But the first thing I thought driving home, I remember thinking, my husband is never going to go for this. We just had kind of made the decision. We were done having kids. I was going to be going back to work. And 
I was kind of nervous to talk to him. I think I probably waited a day or so. And then I told him about the MOPS meeting and the moms that were speaking and how I really felt that adoption might be something God was calling us to do. And when I told him, the first thing he said is, I think God is guiding us to do that too. I think it's a good idea. And I was like, what? And here, I didn't know this at the time, but he had been listening on the radio to, I think it was Dr. James Dobson, and he had been talking about adoption and foster care. And so God was already working on his heart maybe a month or two before I brought it up to him. So we both decided that since this is something we both are getting from two separate places, we need to listen to this. So we decided to pray about that. And very soon, God kind of began to show us the answers. I would read certain things in scripture about being obedient and trusting God. Um, I attended a prayer group that was open to any moms in our MOPS group. And when I got there, the only moms that were there were moms who had also adopted children. And so I felt like that was another, okay, he put these women that I really didn't have a relationship with at this moment to talk to me and I could ask them questions. It is something that we also included our older kids in on the decision because we wanted them to know how we were feeling and what we felt God calling us to do. And I distinctly remember when we told them that we felt God, you know, calling us in this direction, our oldest one, Madison at the time said, oh, I think that will make God's heart so happy. And that was just another piece of confirmation. And one thing that I remember we discussed during that time is we were scared and we were unsure, but we were also at a place where we were pretty comfortable. And I remember my husband saying, you know, God sometimes calls us out of that comfort zone so we can grow and we can learn. And we felt that that is what we should do. So we had a lot of decisions to make from there on out. And we decided to go um, the direction of foster to adopt. So we knew that we didn't want to be foster care parents at the time, but technically you kind of go through the same process and it, we, what we were called was foster to adopt with a low risk. And that meant for us, we wouldn't get a call for a child until the goal had been changed to adoption. So we would get calls for kids that had already been in the foster care system. They had already done trying to reunify with the birth families. At that point, my heart was just drawn to kids like this, and I already knew that we were able to have babies, and you know, I didn't have to have a baby, so I knew that we were just willing to maybe adopt a child that was a little bit older, and one thing for us is we always thought that adoption was super expensive, and it is expensive, but I never knew that if you adopt children through the Pennsylvania State they're considered orphans of the state and Pennsylvania wants to get homes for them. So there is actually not a fee if you go through the state of Pennsylvania to adopt. Now, of course, there are expenses that come with it and things you have to do, but there's not like an upfront fee for that. So after we decided which direction we wanted to go, the next thing that you have to do is pick an agency. And so we had some friends and another MOPS mom who had adopted through Catholic Charities in Erie, and that's why we decided to pick them. And you get assigned a caseworker, and then the process begins. And the process is long, um, but you know what? When you're pregnant physically with a child, it's long too. So one of the biggest things 
through this whole thing is patience. The adoption process is something I've said, I kind of call it the waiting room of life. We do all these physical things that need done, and then you might wait a long time and you wait a little longer. And during that time, there's ups and there's downs, anticipation, and there was also some disappointment in there. So after you make that choice, you get paired up with a caseworker, they meet with you, and then you get a packet of things that you have to start working through. You're going to have interviews that you have to do. Um, There's family interviews, lots of paperwork, physicals, a home study. There's well checks, even pet immunizations that you have to keep up to date. Lots of tedious things. And you kind of have to just set your mind like you're going to work through this process. Um, Take some smaller steps. Don't look at it like you have to get it all done at once and go through that. You even have to take classes. And I was like, well, we've already had kids. We we have our own children right now that we're raising. Why do we have to take these classes? And some of the information is things we knew, but there was a lot of things that pertain maybe just to foster care or um, maybe to kinship or maybe to kids with um, special needs that was interesting to hear. But it is six to eight weeks of classes where we had to find childcare for our children. We had to um, take those classes. So it was a big, long process. And then you get to the part where you do your home study. And that is another process of getting your home ready for the adoption to happen. So it's safe and everyone knows that the child they're bringing to your home is going to be provided for. So lots of decisions, like I said, as you go through that. And because we had already had three children, we took that all into consideration in the decisions we were making as far as deciding what age we would adopt. Um, what disabilities we would accept, would we take mental or physical health things, looking at behavioral health. For us, we didn't want to change the birth order of our children already, so we knew that we were going to put in for a child that's younger than five years old, which was the age of Brenna at the time. And we didn't care if we had a girl or a boy, so we kind of just left that one up to God to pick. Now, after you get all of those things done, which takes a long time, then you finally are officially put on a waiting list. And this was one of the hardest parts for me because I just wanted to be picked and wanted to follow my timeline. I knew Brenna was going to be going to kindergarten and I wanted to like have the child as soon as possible. So I knew if I was going to go get a job or stay home. But as you know, that's my timeline and not God's timeline. But how it works when you adopt through the state of Pennsylvania, a child becomes available and then the county, like who you're going through, what county, they reach out to agencies and they see if they have a family that matches. So that's when our caseworker would be like, okay, this child came up, they're this age, girl or boy. Oh, I have a family that matches them. And they put your family name in for that child, then the child's caseworker would still have to select your file amongst the other ones that they were looking at. So it really is a longer process. So we definitely were put in a few times for other children. And we had asked our caseworker to tell us whenever she put us in. And at first I thought that was a good idea. But then when I found out we didn't get picked, I would question like, what is wrong? Or why didn't we get picked? And there could be so many things. Maybe we just weren't the perfect match for that child. But in time, God had our child picked out. And it was in July, um, July 23rd in 2010, when I got the call that we had finally been picked. 
And I was so excited. I couldn't wait for the details. And um, next you meet with your caseworker and you get to read the file of the child and decide, is this something you want to pursue? Is this something we think will match our family? And that's a hard decision to read that objectively because I just was like, yes, yes, we got picked for a child. And um, my husband was definitely a little more like, let's go down through and make sure, you know, look at what we're getting into. Not that you know everything, but at least you have a general overview. So we did decide to say yes. And we were able to meet Ariana for the first time a few days later. And we met her at her foster family's home. And I wrote this in my journal. It says, today we met her for the first time. She is beautiful, big brown eyes, big smile, just a cute little girl. We played Candyland and air hockey, and she really liked Maddie, and she wore her flip-flops. She still has that big smile and those bright eyes today, and that's something I remember from that first moment we met her. Every situation is a little bit different, and our foster family decided that they wanted the transition to be a weekly visit, and then we would she could come for a couple of days and stay with us and then go back. And we were going to try to do this for around six weeks. So it ended up kind of getting to the point where we would pick her up and then she would stay with us for about five days. And then she would return to the foster care family for um, the weekends. And it was getting really hard on her and us. She was at the point where she wanted to be with us and she knew that we were a family that was going to be adopting her. And I think it was just a little confusing and strange. And there really wasn't a reason to be stretching it out that long. So our caseworker talked to um, theirs and eventually we had to put in, I'm not sure if it was a motion or something, but for the judge to change the goal, that her goal would be moved to the pre-adoptive home. Now that's not always the way that it happens, but in this case, that's just the order that it went in. So the parental rights had been terminated. And finally, on September 10th, the judge signed the order to move her to the pre-adoptive home. So that meant that day we could bring her home to our house. And I remember I picked her up from daycare. We had balloons and a welcome home cake. And the kids made signs because we were so excited for her to be coming home and welcome her to our family. And it's funny, if I ask her, do you remember that day? So she was three. She still remembers like the shirt she had on and what was on her cake. We ordered the cake from Dairy Queen. It was a little cat on it. Those memories stick in there. Now, after that, we did decide to change her name. There were several reasons that we decided to do that, but we changed her name a little bit and then we chose her middle name to be Faith. And we picked that because we really had to have faith in God's plan and trust God with the whole adoption journey because we didn't, we weren't in control. We had to wait and see what God had planned. So now that she was at the pre-adoptive home, there's still several things that have to happen before she's officially adopted. We continued to have caseworkers visit every month and it would be my caseworker and her caseworker. And usually they would try to come together to make that easier, but it's still interruptions to your, your daily things you're doing. And in December, her birth parents' parental rights were involuntary terminated. And at that hearing after that, they have 30 days to appeal. And then if no appeal is filed after that, then they can set the adoption hearing. 
Now, a little bit about the process. We were so excited to keep it moving forward, but there's also sadness in knowing that because of trauma and neglect and abuse, she was being removed from her birth family. And in Pennsylvania, when a child goes into the foster care system, they always try reunification with the birth family first. That is the number one goal. And because she had already been in foster care, they had tried that for several years and it was not working. So this process is long. And in my opinion, um, many birth families, I feel, are given too many chances. In fact, it's not until major damage or major harm has occurred multiple times that some kids are finally removed from the situation and then the goal is changed to adoption. And this was the case for her, not necessarily the case for everyone. But Ariana was placed into foster care when she was 11 months old and she entered that system and then would go back and forth in and out for almost three years trying to reunify and it just wasn't working. And during that reunification, the hard part is that, you know, that's when a lot of hurtful things happen. Um, she was hungry. She was exposed to so many unhealthy things and there was a lot of trauma that took place. And then you go to a foster family, which may or may not be the same one you were at before, and it's another transition, and you're experiencing visitations, and there's other kids usually that live there, and it's just a lot of uncertainty in and out for kids. And, you know, we might not have had the best experience with our foster care family. Um, I know some great people that do foster care and do a great job. But ours, there were a couple issues. Um, they did provide her a home and there was a lot happening there. So I don't, don't know if she was necessarily receiving the care that she needed. But finally, after all that, the judge finally got the date and we got the date for March 28th and she officially became a Palmero, which was, like I said, 11 years ago. Um, last Monday. So it was a new chapter in her story. She finally became part of a permanent family that she was never going to be removed from. She was wanted and she was chosen. And that day that we all went to the courthouse for the adoption, we were very nervous and just unsure. It's, it's just, you're like, oh, I have to go in front of a judge and we have to hold up our right hands and we're swearing that we're going to take care of this child. She is legally ours until she's 18 years old. Of course, we know that's longer, but it was a beautiful day. Courtroom was filled with family and friends who loved her and people that had supported us and been with us along the journey. And it was just a great, a great time to remember. And the last 11 years, I have seen a scared, untrusting little girl just flourish. There have been lots of things to learn, lots of things to go through, and still things that we are struggling with and going through. But every year, as far as like her gaining that sense that I'm part of this family, we could see her trusting a little more, not fearing if she was going to be taken or moved to another home, not thinking about her past so much, and learning to love her new family. Now, it didn't happen overnight or even in the first couple years. It took a lot of time a lot of reassuring, building up those new relationships. And it's funny because a story I remember that soon after we adopted her, one day there was a salesperson that came to our door and they were dressed up in like a suit and tie and they were selling the vacuums and they came to our door and they knocked on it and she, you know, hid behind me and was all scared. And I was like, what's the matter? And she's like, is that my new caseworker that's here for me? And I'm like, no, no, no. So even just something that little, like 
what she remembered is somebody dressed up fancy coming to the door. You know, you don't know them. They're a stranger. There may be a caseworker that are coming to take the child or take her. So that's those are things that had to be changed in her mind. And there are many struggles and things that we and Ariana have to deal with daily and many things we have had to learn. And like I said, continue to work on. But I'm sure there'll be many more as we go on and things that I don't even know that are going to come up. I also, you know, thinking back on the adoption, I thought adopting a young child, they would not come with a lot of baggage, but I was definitely wrong in that. I've read and learned so many things about trauma. At the beginning, I had books and just things I would read to get my hands on and the effects of trauma on the brain and early development and so many other things. It's amazing. Even things that they experienced while they were in the womb, even things early on that they might not exactly remember, her body remembered. And she would deal with things that we didn't even know how to help with. All of that stuff, I can someday dig into a lot more about the ins and outs of, of adoption and the things we've learned, like the effects of trauma, um, how you have to discipline sometimes differently, the fears that they have, her hair, that's a whole, that could be its whole maybe monthly podcast about how to learn to do the hair and the culture, just lots of things. Adoption for sure is not an easy journey, but it is so rewarding. It's rewarding and there's hurtful things too. It has many joyous moments, but it's hard work. And it's not only affects the parents, but our whole family changed. Even the way our kids learned and looked about people and just how accepting our our, um, biological kids were to bringing in a new child into our home and that's their sister. And they would answer just like that when we'd be at a playground or I remember when I first volunteered in Ariana's classroom and her friends were like, are you sure that's your mom? Is that your brother? And she's like, yep. And Mike is like, yeah, that's my sister. She just became part of the family. I feel as if we've had her our whole life and I love her 100% as much as any of my biological children. A friend recently sent me this little quote that says, what does adoption mean? It means you grew in my heart instead of my belly. And that's true. You know, we prayed about this. It's something that God put in our hearts to do. And she didn't grow in my belly, but she definitely grew in our hearts. Those words just mean a lot when you think about them. And when I think about my children, I see my children. They were all chosen. They were all desired. They were all wanted. And they were all given to me by God. And I prayed for each and every one of them. They came in different ways, but I did pray for each and every one of them. Adoption is opening up a part of you completely to a child that you really know nothing about. It's about trusting that God has the best plan and he has an even greater plan for one of his children. And we're just a part of that. We don't know what that may or may not be. It's being willing to stick with them when things get really hard. It's not always beautiful. And believe me, there's a lot of mess in this journey, but I would not change it for the world. I love this quote that I'm going to end with today. And it says, adoption is not the call to have the perfect rosy family. It is the call to give love, mercy, and patience. And that not only goes for adoption, but any family. It's not the call to be perfect and have it be rosy, but we're giving love, we're giving mercy, and we're giving patience. And honestly, we're learning so much. 
I want to thank you guys for listening today. If you have not liked my Facebook page or subscribed, please go ahead and do that so you don't miss my episodes. I hope you enjoyed hearing about Ariana's adoption story, and maybe it helped you just uh, to understand some things about adoption that you maybe have not thought about before. And I'm sure in the future on this podcast, I will dive into some more of the adoption issues, behind the scenes type things, and just things we've learned from that. I hope you have a wonderful week and thanks for listening to My Beautiful Mess.